think I got like a little stronger during quarantine from jerking off so much or something maybe. Like my, my hits are just so much more hard now. Like I really just whack. That's going to open the show just so you know. <laughs> Oh, for sure. <laughs> Congratulations. You found volume 10 of the Rock of Shame podcast, the backlog busting deep diving music podcast, where we uh, discover something new every single week. I am your host, the bad boy Bryce Reed. I am joined by a wolf in wolf's clothing, Mr. Greg Plord. What it do? Drew, quit, quit blowing the air. <laughs> Come on. Stop, cut it out. This is a kid's show. Um, and of course the best God in show himself, Mr. Drew Peak. Hey, what's going on, Chad? How are we doing tonight? (laughs) If you're new to the show, let me give you the good news. Each week, these three sexy men of leisure and sometimes guests, uh, select a musical artist or group that we've never really listened to. We spend the whole week immersing ourselves in the art and culture and world of that artist only to return here the following week and tell you all about it. You can listen along with us and join our brand new discord community at tinyurl.com slash rock of shame. Uh, it's discord, man. It's a blast over there. It's a whole community built around talking about great music. Uh, and, uh, we absolutely love it over there, man. We're having a blast this week talking about no effects among other things. Um, of course, music is better when you share it. And so is this podcast. Share us on Facebook, tell your friends, Tweet us out, Rock of Shame. You know how to do it. We're having a blast over here talking about music. Uh, you can watch the show recorded live every Tuesday night over at twitch.tv slash thickboydrewski as well. Spell the obnoxious way. But most importantly for now, just subscribe on any podcast platform that you listen to and listen along with us every single week because that's what's important here is just the, all of us friends getting together to talk about music. Um, in uh, in this uh, this time of, of music really returning in a big way this week it was like it was like there were no show announcements and now boom show announcements through fucking 2022 for people man it's wild um at all these different uh venues and uh it's uh, kind of cool to see and kind of incredibly stressful to see as somebody who works in the industry uh, <laughs> you know uh, at least to some degree because uh uh you 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 know you're everybody's trying to get out at the same time and things are just getting gate crashed and bum rushed in a big way um and so and things are getting announced fucking indie shows are getting announced like seven months in advance and you're like what what world is this you know shows that used to be like a month out you'd get an announcement are now like eight or nine months out that they're announcing these things and i'm like wow I just got I just got a notification that Thundercat is playing in Boston in like November and I was like at first I saw oh Thundercat's playing in Boston like when yeah. like June or July somewhere I might be able to go if it's on a good day and then I'm like oh it's in November okay yeah maybe <laughs> maybe if I'm still alive what the fuck you know? yeah <laughs> like... <Fucking> weird <laughs> it's pretty wild man it's pretty wild but we're gonna start this show as we always do we talk about new music before we get into our cover artist this week no effects uh but we there's a ton of new music to talk about I'm gonna go first because I know Greg has a long list um the Me. single the single that I listened to this week that I want to highlight is uh hobo johnson's new single uh i want to see the world he put out um 
It's a really, uh, Hobo Johnson, a very uh, pr a particularly interesting voice in sort of weird indie hip hop type character. Um, very uh, sort of acquired taste and interesting, but he writes this really uh, sort of cute, wholesome song about, uh, you know, wanting to get back out there into the world and like travel and see things that he maybe didn't see before uh, that slowly morphs into uh recognizing that everywhere he goes has uh, a horrible history of U.S. foreign policy uh, just fucking everything up. Uh, and it's uh, kind of a little wonderful uh, little piece of, of uh, hip-hop music uh, that I really enjoyed. Um, uh, yeah, Hobo Johnson, I Want to See the World. Uh, there's a, He actually put up two videos for it this week, uh, and I recommend going to check them out, as well as I th I'm sure it hits streaming services as well. Um, it's a lot more like his first album, which I wasn't really super fond of. I was I uh, much preferred uh, The Fall of Hobo Johnson, his second uh, record, which is uh, this really cool mix of uh, like kind of hard indie rock with uh, sort of strange sort of hip-hop vocals over it um, kind of a cool uh, little little album that came out 2018 2019 I think hmm. um, and I recommend going and checking that record out too if you haven't a uh, very sort of interesting mix of elements in that guy's uh, uh, sort of sound that he's been putting out the last few years um, Drew is there a particular EP by a particular woman you would like to talk about? My sister. <laughs> she, put out, she put out an EP, and uh, it's so sick. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's called... Um, oh, yeah. <laughs> All lowercase, it's called Confessions of a Drama Queen. <laughs> and, uh, guys, yeah, it's it's a great album. Heard a few off of it. I have not gone through the entirety of it because I'm an awful brother. <laughs> I I really, I mean, at least I knew it was out. Unlike last time when Bryce had to remind me, I was going to bring it up for my new music this week. Um, but yeah, dude, like, hell yeah, Maggie. I, I mean, Emlyn. So I guess there's a lot of really in deep, like deep stuff on the album. Like it's pretty, uh, Pretty cool, man. Like, uh, she really, uh, she's lived a lot of life and her writing is great. And, um, the melodies are killer. It's very poppy. If you're into that and you like girls who can absolutely belt, uh, Emlyn is your artist. Go check it out. Confessions of a Drama Queen. Um, available on all platforms right now. It contains Go. a bunch of the singles that she's been putting out kind of lately, right? Uh, yes, but there are some there are some song I think about half of the stuff on it is all unreleased that you have not heard in any of her singles. Um, nice. So, yeah, go check it out. It'll it'll be very interesting to get a little bit of a change up from like a lot of what we listen to on here and get a little bit more of that kind of New era of pop music. We got to do a pop. We got to do some pop divas, modern pop divas stuff. At some point. I know <laughs> we could do like we could do like Ariana Grande or something. Sure, my sister huh. would love that. She might even tune in on the podcast. Disqualified for me. <laughs> <laughs> you you never cease to amaze me. Actually, I'm really not. I'm not even surprised by that one. Actually, you shouldn't be at this point. <laughs> uh, we could do. What about Queen B? Guys, this is not. Not the part of the show to be talking about this. Uh, <laughs> yeah. All right, Greg. Let's let's hear your humongous list of weird bands that you listen to. <laughs> uh, 
It's okay. such an interesting plethora, dude. Mm-hmm. You really are the, uh, you're the, um, you're the variety plate, dude. It's like you know the house sampler you could get at Buffalo Wild Wings that I ordered last it's night. It's the best dish on the menu, dude. You're the house sampler. Like you really do. You go <laughs> hard on everything. You do. You do the mozzarella sticks. You do the onion rings. You do the nachos. Uh, Apple, what the fuck? All right, you start on that. I'm gonna go put my dog in the crate. <laughs> Did Appa yeah. just knock over something? He's chasing the cat. <laughs> <laughs> Okie doke. So my list, hoping that I don't cough for the entire thing here, because allergies. Um, we're gonna start with yeah. Forgive a few Greg. Singles. Forgive Greg here. It's a uh, it's pollen season out heavy here in the two oh seven. It is. It is fucking misery trying to breathe. <laughs> but um, some singles I'd like to highlight before I highlight a couple albums. Um, Lost Cause by Billie Eilish. Her new single is absolutely dope. The bass line is fucking sick. It's pretty minimalist, but it's it's just some dope Billie Eilish shit. I can't wait for her record, which I think comes out in July. So I can't wait for that follow-up. Strip club DJs uh, across America are ready for that record, man. Big time. Dude, she is so <laughs> hot, dude. Oh my god, like... Uh, like, I see her and I'm just like... You're so beautiful, like, and really good at ASMR singing. Fuck, dude, like, ah, uh, nah, nah, nah. I'm just kidding. I, I do fuck with Billie Eilish quite a bit. Um, it's just I have a huge crush on her too. Like, she's just so gorgeous. Like, the next single, um, I wanted to highlight was a uh, Genesis Owusu. Um, same thing. Uh, Genesis Owusu is from the UK, I believe. I want to say, um, he does a lot of like hip hop. Uh, R&B, kind of along the lines of, like, Gorillas, mixed with some more funk and soul elements. He has a really interesting debut that came out earlier this year, and this is uh, another single. Um, I guess that's, like, post-album release. That's uh, really, really solid. Recommend checking it out. Uh, Gliden uh, by Pa Saliu and uh, Slow Tie. It, the beat on it is just fucking nasty. Drew, um, you would probably play the shit out of that at a club it's the bank it's a fucking banger ass beat the next single i wanted to highlight was a uh, crafter with warm needles they're a uh, metalcore band that uh, my friends voices in vain toured with i can't remember where they're based out of exactly but this single is just just under two and a half minutes it rips hard as hell you will want to absolutely just punch holes in walls to this thing it is amazing um Create Something by Joe Sambo. Really solid uh, reggae tune. Um, it's really awesome to see that he's been... I think he just recently signed to a label. I don't remember which one it was, but he just came out with a couple singles. Uh, his first single, Beef, was also really good. This one is the follow-up, and it's also solid, so I can't wait for that single. Um, and I believe that's really it that I want to highlight for singles. The albums I want to highlight. First one will be Rise Against, Nowhere Generation. Uh, their latest record, and I would say that is the that's the best album that they've had since Endgame. It's I think easily their most consistent and their most focused lyrically, mm-hmm. and instrumentally, it's just a lot more fast paced, a little bit more pounding than the past couple of records where they kind of faltered between that but kind of mid paced sort of stuff. And lyrically, I don't think Tim was quite on his A game for the past couple of records. And with Nowhere Generation, it just seems like 
some fire was lit under his ass because just about every song lyrically hits, even if instrumentally, it, maybe it doesn't quite hit. But for the most part, yeah, Nowhere Generation, I think, is one of Rise Against's best records in a long-ass time. So I'd recommend checking that out if you're a fan of Rise Against and or punk music in general. And the next record is Japanese uh, Japanese Breakfast's Jubilee. Uh, Japanese Breakfast, for those who don't know, is an indie pop group, uh, indie pop singer-songwriter. Sorry, it's a solo act. Um, mm. And she just came out with this new record, and this is the first one that I'm hearing. I guess she's had a couple since, like, 2016, 2017, that were a bit more of the lo-fi end of things. This one definitely has a bit more of a pop sheen to it. Um, but, my God, I fucking love this thing. It's 10 songs, 37 minutes. It does not waste a single second. It is just absolutely catchy as hell. You're going to want to sing along to every single song. And instrumentally, it's just fantastic. It'll make you want to dance. It'll make you want to think and contemplate things. It'll just make you feel good. So, <laughs> yeah, Japanese Breakfast Jubilee and Rise Against Nowhere Generation are two albums I highly recommend. They're definitely going to make my year-end best list. So, nice. go check those out. Volume no facts! God damn it. Volume 10, no effects. No effects! <laughs> From Wikipedia. No <laughs> shut the fuck. I'm gonna. Oh my gosh. I will walk my ass back over to Portland. Uh, no effects! <laughs> no effects is an American punk rock band formed in Los Angeles, California in 1983. Vocalist slash bassist Fat Mike, guitarist Eric Melvin, and drummer Eric Sandin are the original founding and longest serving members of the band uh, who have appeared on every release of the band, although Sandin departed in briefly in 1985 only to rejoin the following year. El Jefe joined the band in 1991 to play lead guitar and trumpet, rounding out the current lineup. NoFX's mainstream success coincided with the increased interest in punk rock during the 1990s. Though, unlike many of their contemporaries, including Bad Religion, Green Day, and The Offspring, they have never been signed to a major label. NoFX has released 14 studio albums, 16 extended plays, you're right, that's a shitload of EPs, uh, and a number of 7-inch singles. Uh, the band rose to popularity with their fifth studio album, Punk in Drublick, 1994, uh, which uh, is their only release to receive a gold certification by the Recording Industry Association of America. Their latest studio album, single album, was released on February 26, 2021. Uh, the group has sold over 8 million records worldwide, making them one of the most successful independent bands of all time. NoFX broadcasts their own show on Fuse TV entitled NoFX Backstage Passport. Um, it's my week. I will go first to talk about NoFX. Uh, I had a really solid week with no effects. Um, I would say that I, th I liked the band a whole lot more than I thought that I would like the band. Um, from a sound perspective, I really dug their sort of mix of, uh, 1994 
era, that sort of era of American punk rock. Uh, but I thought they had a lot of really cool um, thrash uh, punk influence. Uh, I thought that they had a lot of really cool ska punk influence. And it was sort of like all of the best aspects from that time in American punk rock music kind of thrown into a blender. Um, and uh, I really, really enjoyed that uh, about all the albums. For for uh, reference, I listened to s and Airlines, 1989, Ribbed, 1991, White Trash, Two Hebes and a Bean, 1992, Punk and Drublick, 1994, I Heard They Suck Live, 1995, Heavy Petting Zoo, 1996, So Long and Thanks for All the Shoes, 1997, Pump Up the Volume, 2000, uh, War on Errorism, 2003, Wolves and Wolves Clothing, 2006, Coast. 2009 self-entitled 2012 first ditch effort 2016 and single album 2021 um they were a great uh antidote to uh drake for me mostly because uh everything everything that drake is no effects is the opposite of uh no effects is not concerned with money at all like uh, if anything, all of their songs are about being fucking broke. Uh, they're not uh, concerned with being attractive in any sort of way uh, at all. Like, almost endearingly so, although we'll talk about the humorous aspects of their act, I think, a little bit later. I'm sure both of you will have things to say about it, because I certainly had cert different reactions to it. Um they're they're uh they're not concerned with making their albums very long as as uh, uh in a complete antidote to Drake whose many albums were an hour and a half an hour and 20 minutes uh a lot of these had trouble pushing one half of one hour uh which was really nice honestly it was really fucking nice uh and i liked that about the records is that they they uh you know they work on this very sound they're at this high intensity level even um sort of the big hit that we would talk about with no effects being linoleum is very short and uh doesn't have a chorus at all which is kind of bizarre and i love it's like sub two minutes or something right yeah he later goes yeah. back and writes a new like a new version of that song where he openly in the lyrics discusses how he never wrote a chorus for the song it's literally just verses in a bridge uh, i think that's all really kind of cool aspects of it um i really enjoyed the feel of uh the music that they were making and, and particularly it's, it's, they make a type of music that I am incredibly susceptible to, you know, I grew, I, I love that genre of music. And so, um, for me, I was, I had a really easy time getting through the albums, even, uh, on a particularly busy, uh, week for me because they were really short, really digestible. And, um, I really dug their sort of, uh, more focused, uh, sort of, um, uh, love and influence from sort of thrashier stuff that you don't really hear from punk and ska punk bands in that uh, time. Uh, certainly not poppy ones like this. Um, and beyond that, the last thing I kind of want to say about them uh, in, in my specific portion is, uh, you know, they talk about this is the band out of that group of Green Day and The Offspring and shit like that that never ended up going to a major label. There's a 0% chance that they were never offered 
a major label deal. If you know anything about punk rock at that time, basically Nirvana left this giant, when Kurt died, Nirvana left this giant fucking hole in the music industry. And any punk band that was in California at that time, regardless of skill level, got signed to a major label. Uh, and there's no question in my mind, there, there, like I said, there's a 0% chance they weren't given major label offers. They chose not to do it. And there's a couple of songs later on where he like openly discusses this. He's like, I can't, there's a, a song called Sellout uh, where he specifically says, I can't, I can't believe anyone would call me a sellout. We're the only band that fucking didn't do that shit, <laughs> like, you know? Uh, so it really is kind of amazing the the career that they were able to put together by being sort of, you know, you see a lot of bands do it now. It was really kind of unusual then to be like, no, we're going to trust that the fans that we have cultivated independently will find a way to support us uh, and keep us from having to take big money to make these records. Um, and I think that's really admirable. Fat Mike, uh, in every interview and story that I heard about him, seems like a, a man of questionable moral fiber. Um, uh, from uh, the songs, it's there too. Like a lot of the humor is very like, ugh, uh, woof, uh, in a lot of cases. Uh, but I also think he's capable of these really wonderfully personal lyrics too um uh, I, even if he doesn't show it maybe as much as i wish that he would uh you know and uh and i really uh enjoyed uh getting to spend the week uh with no effects and we'll probably go back and listen to some of these songs when i'm looking for that type of thing um because they really did have a some of them really did have a lovely feel that really spoke to me uh as somebody who's uh, uh quite fond of the genre they were going for um even if i you know the sort of uh uh, uh trashy kind of uh frat boy -y nature of uh some of the lyrical content a lot of the lyrical content uh didn't necessarily speak to my heart so much um i thought they also uh had some really uh, beyond the personal stuff, they have some really biting social commentary in some of the songs that I think are really good. And I love that there's a lot of Jewish representation in their lyrics, which you really don't see a lot of in punk rock. Um, and I love that uh, there were, uh, you know, some songs that really cut to uh, religious uh, uh, fanaticism and uh, the Bush era stuff that they were writing that was really biting and really was where it needed to be, I think, for a punk rock band at the time. Mm -hmm. um, so, you know, I, I don't think it's a legacy that you can examine without being like, uh, yes, but. Uh, but I think there are there were a lot of stuff, uh, a lot of things on the records that I really, really enjoyed. And in general, I like to listening to no effects quite a lot. Um, Drew, let's go with you. Um, yeah, it was fine for me too. Um, I also really enjoy punk rock. Um, like they're fucking tight as shit. I think after that second record, that's that, S and M Airlines, and I don't know about the one before that, but S and M Airlines has some 
I'm, I'm like, I'm shocked that this made this to a record uh, because uh, it's uh, out of a lot of these instruments are completely out of time and uh, and whatnot. But after that, they really tighten up. And I think from there on out, it's pretty good. It was like out of time and sloppy like it's supposed to be, though, for that sure. sound that they had at the beginning. Like it all felt pretty intentional and also kind of reminded me a little bit of like one of our first albums, like our EP loud and stuff like where we had parts that were like really out of time and like i own a copy of black flag damaged you know i get it right uh but <laughs> but yeah either way so i listened to liberal animation uh snm airlines ribbed uh white trash punk and drublick heavy petting zoo i heard that oh wait, no, i didn't listen to the live album i listened to so long and thanks for the sh- shoes pump up the volume and um, I stopped at War on Errorism. I just, uh, I had a really busy fucking week. So I didn't really get into their later stuff. But from, I feel like I kind of got them, listened to them in their best era there with that. Like, when that stuff was really hot and um, lively, organic, fun, all that. And you ta- you get a big taste of that. And like... It's it's hard to remember sometimes because some of it now sounds a little tone deaf when they get, you know, kind of edgy for no reason or whatever the fuck. You know what I mean? Like, but back mm-hmm. then it was fucking sick and punk rock and shit. And like, if you got a problem with it, go fuck yourself. You're probably a narc. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. <laughs> like we're just fucking staying how it is, man. Like, we're just fucking like this. If you got a problem with it, go fuck yourself. Like, unapologetically who they were. And that's pretty fucking punk. For sure. Mm-hmm. Um, listening to it now, it's like, I don't really know if like all the shit really is that fun and exciting for me. Like some of it is fucking sick. Like there were some bangers on pretty much every album I listened to where I was like, yeah. Mm. But uh, the thrashing um, is fine, but there's a thrash beat that's very common that I hate a lot. <laughs> Um, it's the one that it's basically the one that they use for really fast drum beats where it's like I'm gonna try and lip it, but it goes and like it's just like I fucking hate that beat like a lot. Um, <laughs> there's no getting around it, like it's just like you don't have to do that, you know what I mean? Like it'll actually probably sound better if you add a little bit of some just like groove to it. It's just it's just so fucking like. One, two, three, four. It's like metronomy, sort of, to me. Sure. And it takes out the soul of, like, punk to me. To me. Like, I know that that's, like, a big thing in punk. But, like, part of it for me is, like, punk rock, uh, even though it's, like, angry and it's, like, like, standing up for whatever the fuck we're standing for and shit, and we're just being who we are, unapologetically so, whatever. Um, part of it, too, is just the passion and the soul of punk rock like it's like a way to kind of express yourself and just be like and like allow your passion to come out in the music and nothing about feels passionate to me it just feels like let's play this really fast part so people can see how fast we can play um and i know it's like a fun thing for punkers punk rockers whatever the fuck you call them uh to like just fucking like bop to and shit like people dig that shit to me, I just, I don't know, it's just like a fucking boring ass beat, and it like, I lose, it, it loses me every time it fucking plays. 
Um, uh, but aside from that, like, and that's just like, I don't know, like thrash, thrash can be dope for me, but like when that B is played way too much, I just kind of like, it, it was done better with them than I would say it's done with like other like punk bands that do it. Like it was much more listenable because it made sense where they were putting it. And I got that, but that was my big hang up, like instrumentation wise. And then I'm just starting with all the, all the. Crit- sure. critique stuff first really and then singing like uh he's perfectly fine like you know singing wise like uh i think fine little... is the right word yeah like, <laughs> oh yeah it's punk like i'm not expecting i'm not expecting frank ocean like you know what i mean right um that'd be interesting like... <laughs> right uh either way like uh, when it gets more melodic, it's kind of fun. I, I liked it when it got a little less thrashy and a little more pop funky and like their mid nineties yeah. stuff, like definitely really cool. Um, I think that the lyrics, I don't know. It, it's just kind of like, sometimes I felt like it was a little bit like fat. Was it fat Mike? Who's the main guy, mm-hmm. the front man. Yeah. I kind of yeah. feel like he was reaching for things to just like be like upset about sometimes like in some of his songs like it felt a little reachy like for me like like the song about how he like doesn't like to shower that much or whatever i was like are you five see uh, like what i took that song as a complete joke i thought because he's talking about how he has a specific day of the week that he likes to shower on uh and uh well specific it specifically talks in the verses like his uh his girlfriend came up to him and was like hey today's the day and he was like nope it's not tomorrow is shower day uh i i see a lot of that stuff is definitely like I don't know. A lot of it felt like it was satirical to me. Like he was playing the part of like a stinky. I know. I'm aware. Yeah. I'm aware. <laughs> I'm fully aware. I'm just saying, wow, you really, you decided that's what you're going to write about. And that's yeah. where you're going to go. I had multiple moments like that. I was like, really? I'm, I'm listening. No, I mean, I get it. Like, don't get me wrong. I get it. Like, I get what he was trying to do. It's just like, only like a little... It's just like a little funny. It's not like, oh man, what a really funny idea. Like so funny and satirical. That's how I would describe most of it is that it's incredibly juvenile and on its best day, it's a little funny. Yeah. Uh, Not, you're not listening to a NoFX album like, oh my God. Uh, It's just not going to happen. But uh, uh, there were, you know, crack a smile type stuff more than. It it kind of, it's just like a band of fucking degenerates. You know what I mean? Like, and I fuck with that. Like, 100%. (laughs) Like, I think that's a great vibe. Like, because I myself am a degenerate. It's probably why I like punk (laughs) rock music. Like, to be honest, like, and. I, I think, like, it's hard to get super nitty-gritty about them. It's just, the thing about it, though, is that sometimes they are trying to take a stand with something, and yes. I'm like, I'm like, okay, like, you know? <laughs> um, Like, the I'm Not White song confused the living fucking shit out of me. Yeah, um, don't call me white. Yeah, Don't call me white. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, I was just like, okay, I kind of see where we're going here, and, like, some of this kind of makes sense what you're saying, but you also he's Jewish. She's like a deeply Jewish man, but yeah, yeah it's, it's so I'm Jewish, but I'm not gonna sure. be like, don't call me white. Ugh, like I'm white. <laughs> right, right. You know what I mean? Like 
I don't have a star on my fucking chest. You know what I mean? Like people right, don't know right. I'm Jewish. Like unless I told them. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> anyways, like this aside from the point, I didn't know that, but still I, I stay where I'm at with that. I thought that song was super fucking weird and kind of misguided in a strange way. Um, Cause he's like talking about black people and stuff too. And I'm just like, um, okay. Like I know we haven't, you know, there's not a lot of talk about how to be a good ally and stuff in the nineties and whatnot. And the BLM movement wasn't really a big thing. Like, you know, a lot of civil rights stuff was still pretty like, you know, nursery rhyme compared to where it is now, like from the nineties and shit. Like it was just a different tone back then. I get it. Like you're trying to be like cool with everybody and shit. I I I appreciate that. I appreciate you. The execution um, just was a little bit off. <laughs> it was just it was just weird. Like I don't think yeah, it was yeah. like bad or anything. I was just kind of like, huh. Like, and I didn't get to that um the the political album uh like the O three one, but mm-hmm. I would assume there's probably some pretty nail on the head shit there because it was pretty black and white even back then you know like it's pretty easy to like take an appropriate stance there as a punk rocker i would say but um speaking on the shit i did listen to like it was fine like i really dug it like i think from a punk standpoint and just listening to it from like just being like a degenerate and just wanting to blast some fucking punk rock like i throw no effects into my playlist like any day like there's definitely some bangers there like that i would say are there uh, I just think that, like, for a band that acts like they don't take anything that seriously, they take themselves really seriously about that. <laughs> if that makes any sense. It's the delicious irony of their existence. Yeah, it, yeah, I think it's the delicious irony of everyone's existence who is now reflecting back on the punk rock era of the 90s going, like, I don't want to conform and, like, you know, I want to be, a, like, a unique individual and everyone dressed the same way in that punk fashion style. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it's just kind of like, yeah, to go on Bryce's point, it's very juvenile. But in that way, it's fun to be a kid sometimes. It's fun to be childish. Yeah, Um, I I agree. Mike is the absolute man child of punk rock. I I found the the man childy nature of it endearing because it felt like that's authentically kind of who those guys are. Yeah. Or 100%. were at the time, at the very least. So it's just like uh, that starts to get a little embarrassing and a little weird if you continue to be that way when you start getting the gray hairs. You know what I mean? Oh, like, I am going to talk about that. <laughs> I'm sure you will, Greg. I'm sure you will. Um, I feel like I'm always like the rant. Uh, is it Randy from American Idol? The guy who's just kind of like middle ground about everything. Like I'm pretty middle ground in this scenario as well. Um, I think it's appropriate to be middle ground about no effects, by the way. Yeah. Um, but I was also pretty middle ground about Drake, too, where sure. I wasn't like, fuck this artist and stuff. But at the same time, like, I'm not incredibly stoked on this guy either. Um, <laughs> yeah. Last week, Bryce was Simon Cowell squared <laughs> on his worst day. <laughs> Bryce was like that scene from uh, the network where the guy's like, you've got to get mad. Like, <laughs> like he was just like absolutely up here last week. So it's nice to see a calm, soothe Bryce. I think it helps we practice with our band today for the first time with him. Um, but yeah, I mean, no effects was super fun. It, it was like cool to like, listen to some good punk chops again. It, but if more than anything, it just makes me want to go listen to some other punk rock. Bands sure, that I like sure, more. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Man. Yeah, yeah. Anyways, Greg, go ahead, bud. Okie dokie. 
Um, I listen to pretty much all of the studio albums, Liberal Animation, S&M Airlines, Ribbed, White Trash, which actually has an alternative title for those who don't know, but uh, they're not words I can say. Um, Punk in Drublick, Heavy Petting Zoo, uh, So Long and Thanks for the Shoes, Pump Up the Volume, War on Errorism, Wolves in Sheep, Wolves and Wolves Clothing, Coaster, Self-Entitled, First Ditch Effort, and Single Album. What was the? So, I know you can't say it, but like, can you at least explain what you? Mean I already said. I already said it earlier in the show. For what it's worth, <laughs> you did. I didn't even hear. Yeah, it. I did. I did. Um, uh, it's it's white trash. Two heaps and a bean is the original. Is title the of it. no? The original title is oh. um, white trash. Two Jewish slurs and oh. a Hispanic slur. <laughs> Oh, well, there you go. The reason why they didn't go with that album title was because one of their parents was like, this is offensive. And they're like, okay. <laughs> Literally a mom stepped in and was like, yeah, please change that. Okay, mom. Mike, I know you like being the edgy guy, but there's a limit. <laughs> That'd be pretty fucking punk rock, though, if they actually like literally named their title that. That'd be fucking nuts. <laughs> it, it was in the linear. It was in the liner notes where Mike was like, "Yeah, originally I was going to name it this, but then literally one of our parents stepped in and said no." So, <laughs> I mean, at least they have like respect and decency to like respect their family and shit, though, and their family's wishes. Like, it shows that there is some humanity yeah. there, even though they are like absolute man children. Like, there's a there's a limit, like having that type of title and which granted that's like literally the representation it's you know white right. you know it's a white dude two jewish dudes right. and a hispanic dude but like it doesn't and it plays it plays differently when they when they're talking about themselves certainly when then when they would be talking about someone else but well yeah of course like my experience with no effects uh going through their entire studio catalog here which thankfully was very easy to do because most of their records were around the half hour mark give or take some minutes um the first record liberal animation oh god the production was the, the execution was so goddamn sloppy it was like and i like myself some hardcore punk like of the 80s like descendants milo goes to call milo goes to college um right. black flags uh damaged and uh you know other albums around that era of punk i do like them but liberal animation was just not a good stepping stone it was not the good first step for no effects their humor was extremely unrefined and so was their performing like it was just so sloppy and the production was so haphazard that it was it was like torture to listen through it's um, worth noting that fat mike himself says that ribbed or or uh snm airlines is actually technically what he considers the first no effects album yes and, and which there is liberal a animation is is something else <laughs> like a yeah. demo basically yeah and snm airlines definitely is quite a bit of an improvement on that there the sloppiness is still there to an extent but it mm -hmm. is experimenting a little bit more with the more melodic elements that no effects would be known for um where liberal animation was just hardcore for the sake of hardcore and just slop for the sake of slop and it was all shit um snm airlines uh, was definitely a good start and uh, Ribbed pretty much improved upon that. And I think it really came into their own, like, real unique sound with the White Trash record and so on and so forth. I think at that point, you can really recognize a NoFX record as a truly 
no effects coming into their own sound uh, from there. And, and from there, I really did enjoy most of it on a sonic level. I think no effects on the sonic level, they are absolutely fantastic musicians. Uh, the fact yeah. that they were able to experiment not only with uh, the fusions of hardcore, melodic hardcore, pop punk, but also some ska, even occasionally some occasionally some jazz in the mix too, which was kind of interesting. When yeah, I jazz, heard the jazz kind of it's kind of circusy stuff sometimes too, you know, like the jazz stuff I appreciate. The circusy parts I did not, but uh, <laughs> we'll get more into that later because. Uh, Oh, the, the last album that they just released uh, has a little bit of an issue. Um, but yeah, White Trash, Punk and Drublick, Heavy Petting Zoo. Um, easily, I think, like the three album run, like those are the essentials that I think anyone who wants to get into no effect should listen to. Um, mm. After that, their sound kind of gets a little bit similar, a little bit samey. Uh, mm. Once you hit the So Long and Thanks for the Shoes, pump up the volume, they were okay. War on Errorism is where they do much more of that political biting stuff, which I think Fat Mike, I mean, Fat Mike, I, I don't like a lot of the juvenile humor, and I think, I'll make a comparison to a previous episode, um, the difference between Fat Mike doing it and, like, Guar doing this type of juvenile humor is that with Guar, they are really portraying, like, weird characters, like, you can tell, like, as human beings, like the actual performers, they're literally just putting on an act. Whereas with No Effects and Fat Mike and sort of how he displays himself on a public level, it's a little harder to tell, uh, to an extent, that there is some satire, clearly, in the way that Mike approaches himself as a person and how he displays himself to the public and also how he portrays his lyricism. But the execution is... Uh, is a little bit harder to digest because it is coming from a guy who was very, very public about himself, whereas right. uh, Guar is not because they are an act. Um, right. But uh, when it came to yeah, War and it's, Errorism, a, it's a I, little, it's a little weird to go from the songs that are very satirical, seemingly at least, and very juvenile and stuff like that, and then the next song is this very honest song about how he feels about something right and it's sort of like yeah. wait so uh, like where where am i supposed to come down on, on it's a lot personality? of personality it's a lot of whiplash um but war and <laughs> errorism i think was a very solid um record overall especially with the uh messaging i was actually pretty pleased with that the fact that fat mike was able to execute uh his messaging pretty solidly over that record and not come off like completely like I want to hit you over the fucking head why do you say that type of shit um, <laughs> and not being like completely cornball with it either like I like sure. I like American Idiot by Green Day but um, I mean if we're going with like a real political punk record I think this one tops it um, and I think wow. it should have gotten a bit more popular than it did um, after that Wolves and Wolves Clothing I thought was just a pretty solid Pretty heavy, no effects record, solid overall. Uh, Coaster was where they started getting a little bit brighter, a little bit uh, more cheery with their sound, um, which I liked. wasn't their worst record. Um, I just didn't really care for it as much. Uh, same with uh, Self Entitled, and Self Entitled is where they really just uh, went more into kind of more just straightforward uh, uh, melodic hardcore that. Sonically, it didn't diversify itself that much for the record, and it kind of bored me a little bit that way. 
Um, first pitch effort, I think, was pretty decent overall. It did have a little bit more of a of a hey, we're an aging punk band kind of feel to the record, which is kind of a first. Um, and I think overall was executed pretty well. Their latest record, single album, which I guess was originally supposed to be a double album because they did record two records, but I guess the second disc for whatever they did record got such a negative reaction from the people he played it to that he just scrapped that one entirely. And I think uh, I think COVID also had a thing to do with uh, why uh, things were pushed back so much. And I think they had more time to digest like, yeah, maybe don't put that disc out. It's kind of shit. <laughs> Which uh, makes me a little terrified as to what was on there, because I think single album is uh, is pretty god-awful. Um, yeah? Yeah, this record is, uh, from the start, the big drag. It, it, it fucking drags all right. And at this point, we all acknowledge that Fat Mike is an okay singer. And pretty much, like, the more melodic it is, I think the better his voice fits. But this song doesn't, isn't that melodic. And you can really tell that Mike's voice is just croaking at this point. And at, at the start, it is just insufferable to listen to for five straight minutes. And it starts picking up a little bit with I Love You More Than I Hate Me. Um, but it's it's still not a good song. And uh, let's all talk about it right here. Uh, Bryce, did you listen to the song Fuck Euphemism? Yeah, that is some really stupid, stupid bullshit. Um, Drew, I don't think you listened to that one, right? Because you stopped. No, he didn't, he wouldn't have made it. He wouldn't have made it this late. Yeah, yeah. It, I will say, single album, uh, definitely a weird departure after first ditch effort, which I thought was actually pretty good throughout. I felt yeah. like he he really focused on first ditch effort on putting out songs that were really personal. He has a song where he talks about uh, cross-dressing, mm -hmm. um, which wasn't, uh, even in 2016, uh, that's kind of a wild thing to put on a record, wild uh, personal thing to put on a record. Yeah. Um, even now, kind of a wild personal thing to put on a record for a band uh, like uh, No Effects. Uh, yeah. You know, he talks about uh, they do six years on dope, which is about uh, the uh, drummers uh, struggle with addiction, I think, or one of the guitar players or yeah. or whatever. And uh, it's a lot of focus on personal stuff. Um, there's a lot. If, <laughs> he get so in between 2016 and single album, the Vegas thing happens for people who don't know. Uh, Fat Mike uh, got up on a stage after the shooting that happened in Vegas, uh, uh, ran his mouth and said some shit that he sh he shouldn't have said. Uh, he, he straight up said, uh, you know, if anyone was going to get shot, at least it was country music fans. Uh, the city, of course, well, was really upset about this on account of like this wasn't like a, th a thing that happened on a TV show for them. It was like real shit that fucking happened to real people who live there. Mm -hmm. Um and absolutely wasn't the correct thing to say. The problem with single album uh, as a work, uh, which is important to talk about, is that it kind of processes the anger that came out of that in exactly the wrong way, mm -hmm. um, in a way that shows how detached they are from sort of the reality of the culture that they live in now. Punk rock's in a really interesting place because you can be, as an aging punk rocker, you can be the type that, like, uh, 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 this uh, cancel culture, if you want to call it that, consequences culture, whatever you want to call it, mm -hmm. uh, is anti 
indie punk rock in some way. Uh, I don't think that that's the case. I think it's a natural progression of punk rock. I think the way that it used to be is that um, the Puritanism that we used that punk rock used to rebel against was rebelling against. We were rebelling against it because punk rock was about fighting. Uh, not punching down about fighting for the little guy. Right. Right. Um, and then the monoculture was not like that. Uh, now that things have flipped and the monoculture has become about not punching down and fighting for the little guy, it can feel more punk rock to be politically incorrect even though technically yes you are fighting the same battle but now you are fighting it for the wrong reasons yeah which is where fuck euphemism in particular just really misses the fucking mark where uh i'll spoil it for you drew um lyrically k bart k bart we'll uh we'll give we'll give your slap rating at the end when we do our slaps too buddy but uh i'll read that out too when when we get there just for the people at home all right, go ahead, yeah. Jess. What were you going to say to me? Um, well, fuck euphemism as a song. Basically, as as Bryce said, it's about um, Fat Mike cross-dressing, um, which is fine. I don't give a shit if he does. But the way that he goes about it here is, like, he's not being accepted into the LGBTQ community because the way that he's, like, it's basically more of a kink for him. At some point, he mentions, like, they don't have the K in the in the LGBTQ because like they can't handle me fat Mike or whatever. And no, lyrically it's being like the plus or the queer or whatever. Like, yeah. And the way he goes about but it, even then, even then like, he's not, he's a straight cisgender dude. He just likes cross-dressing. Yeah. Which yeah. again, uh, you is know, fucking which is fine. fine. But the way that he's he goes fine. about it is basically like, he basically just talks down to like transgender people and fuck your pronouns type of lyrics. And I'm like, yeah. what? there's a, really? there's a lot of, there's a lot of, I'm the victim on that record. Yeah. You don't understand. I'm the victim here. And it's like, Mike, you're not though. Like you're not like, like I, that Mike has always been an edge Lord. If you really just kind sure. of go through his discography and he's, he's very open yeah. about like being anti-censorship and being just like, look, right. I think everyone should say whatever the fuck they want, freedom of speech, which, okay, but there's consequences to what you say, and I think now sure. he's really feeling the consequences of, like, after the Las Vegas shooting in particular, um, just being, like, the biggest fucking L that no effects has taken. This dude's literally going, like, you guys are mean because I'm not a part of your club, and it's like, what? It's not a club, like... This is just a place for people to feel safe, like you fucking idiot. Like, right, sure, yeah. and 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 a lot of he's you know the punk rock culture has changed with has changed around me, and now it's not what I was originally fighting for. It's like no, it is. It's just you sound it's like just... a fucking like dude who's like upset about the fact that like what you're saying, people don't like hearing it, and now it's upsetting you now because mm -hmm. you're used to people backing your unorthodox punk outlook and shit like that. But like, it's almost like the ego got to him. Like, in a way, even though he's worked so hard to be counterculture and punk this whole time, he's, like, su he's like gotten so used to having the masses supporting his behaviors that when all of a sudden they're not about that, it's like he can't humble himself and be who he was. Like, he's just so caught up in, like... Sure. Yes. The thing, the thing I will say is, is uh, he won. Like, we won. 
-hmm. Like the culture is what you were asking for, that everybody be accepted and that everybody be respected and that people try to understand one another. Like How ironic that he doesn't like it now. You won. And now, now it's, it's too, you know, it's too much for you. And that, and that, you know, of course, because he's not the center of it anymore. It's, Mm -hmm. because well it, it's one of those things you know it's like the dude spent his whole life fighting for these ideals and then once it's finally accepted all he's used to is fighting at this point mm -hmm. and so he doesn't even realize he's now fighting against the things he once stood for um which if it wasn't come uh, in my opinion seemingly completely genuine it would make a great story uh but it's not a great story like this is actually legitimately how he feels about the thing it, to a certain extent he's become what he's hate on the he hates on this last record uh yeah. because it, it is a situation where like uh he should have come out and written a bunch of songs there's a particular artist uh a few years ago uh called watsky he was a uh, uh, originally george watsky he became a, a a rapper uh of of some repute working on uh an early record with anderson pock um and uh he went over and so, uh, uh, to be fair uh, i like quite a few of his songs for what it's worth uh especially off of that record he did with pock uh he went over to europe and played a festival where he climbed up uh to the top of the festival stage and jumped off and ended up uh really hurting some people oh yeah i forgot he did that yeah he then went and made a record uh uh with anderson pock the record he made with anderson pock that uh was entirely about how he was fucking wrong and how anybody who defended him and what he did was not understanding the gravity of the situation, was not understanding the damage that he had done, uh, how he could say he's sorry a thousand times and it doesn't fucking matter because he put people at risk and that shouldn't be something that people are thinking about when going to see entertainment. Um, he handled it fairly well. He then went and made three or four records that I think are fucking garbage. But that's beside the point. <laughs> the point I'm trying to make. Uh... I wasn't expecting that twist. I, I'm always prepared with Bryce. <laughs> the point uh, I'm trying to make I is know. that Fat Mike yeah. really had, he had an opportunity. And I understand, you know, because of that, uh, they still haven't been able to play Vegas that you know their their big uh, uh festival tour that they had lined up was shut down uh quite a bit quite a while they had only kind of just gotten back to playing together again when the pandemic hit you know all of these things i understand that his wallet uh was hurt because of it or whatever i don't really think that that's an excuse i think he should have come out and said you know what i ran my fucking mouth G you know uh, anybody who listens to our records should know that this is a problem for me uh, and he had an opportunity to dig deep and do something personal. And instead it was, I'm not the problem. The entire culture has uh, gone too far with the things that I told them to do. That me and people like me were telling them to do, right? And now I can't handle it. You know, there's a line in there where he's like, uh, uh, Gigi used to be the most hated man in punk. And now I guess it's me or whatever. And it's like, okay, dude, like... It is a little... You'll never be GG, you fucking dipshit. <laughs> no, fuck, fuck, fuck GG, big time. Legendarily the worst, most awful scumbag of all time. And Fat Tony's just like, he's like a little bitch version of like that shitty person, basically. 
Because mm-hmm. I tour in New England, so I work with a bunch of people who fucking love Gigi. Gigi's a fucking hack, okay? Big time. Uh, and, big time. and always has been. Dude, big time. He's big just a time. scumbag like, loser. Like, uh, Mm-hmm. He's just a dude who fucking shits in his hand and throws it at people. And he's has like a, a micro penis and rapes it's children. He's not a musician. Yeah. Yeah. It's not a musician. He's a scumbag it's a loser. Fucking... Yeah. Oh my God. But, uh, there's but nothing, there's God, nothing special God, about that fucking piece of shit. God, if everyone from New Hampshire doesn't think that he's the fucking second coming of the Messiah, it's ridiculous. Uh, that's what, but... hap- that's what happens when you just like <laughs> idolize or like, weren't you talking about this earlier, Bryce? Like how, should never like make someone your fucking hero, you know? It's just like <laughs> it's like it's fucking delusional. Like it's a fucking human being and they're the guy's a fucking scumbag idiot. Like yeah. everything he stands for is just idiot. Yeah. And I don't think I don't think Fat Mike is to that level, but I do agree with you coming back around to the point here that single album has a handful of songs where I'm like uh, your take on this is not where you should be on on the way that this went down, and you're digging in your heels on a fight that you don't really want to win, or and becoming a person you don't really want to be in the process. Um, I'll even go so far as to say that worth. like it's almost comedic because like it, hearing that dialogue of like, did he really say that about like now I'm gonna say that as GG or whatever? Because if he did, th- yeah. that's a fucking hilarious. Because like everything he does, he wants to be like the best at which is so fucking not punk rock at all like he's so like trying to be competitively like the top tier of whatever it is like the top tier of not selling out to like record labels or the top tier of like the most hated person now it's like the dude just like can't accept his underwhelmingness and has to like (laughs) it's just like honestly dude it's like a really self-aware narcissist really that we're looking at here yeah like from a psychological standpoint and uh, that aside the music is fucking all right you know it's fine yeah. uh, i don't really think that he's the one that carries the band though it's really just the musicianship and he mm-hmm. writes some good parts that go over it like and it's good to fun to vibe to and shit you're right i mean that's the reason why i do like a fair amount of no effects it's it's not really because of fat mike and i'll admit sometimes the lyrics i just i kind of just zip by them half the time right uh just instrumentally no effects are fucking incredible. They write good I punk. Think. They write good punk oh, yeah. music. Like there's some. There's there's punk. a reason why no effects are cited as being incredibly influential. I mean, you can hear it yeah. in bands like yeah. fellow Fat Record signees at the time, Rise Against. You can definitely hear mm-hmm. some of that early no effects in their early sound. Some 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 forty one definitely has that. Street Streetlight Manifesto. You can hear it all over. I was thinking Streetlight too when I was listening to some of it. Like I was like there. This sounds like what Streetlight probably grabbed from a bit, for sure. Just yeah. the way that they, and it's something intangible, just in the way that the melodies are written or whatever. Yeah. And that makes sense when when Streetlight did a cover record, they covered Linoleum and stuff like that. Yeah, so and like also, it all feels like. Yeah, and I mean, like also, like uh, No Effects. I hear some post grunge, um, like com- composition with like progressions and stuff that sounds similar to what Kurt would write. Um, mm-hmm. where it starts bright and goes dark, you know, like, which right. wasn't as like, I would say as like people were as conscientious of in a lot of earlier punk and stuff. And I think that was really, um, substantial in my listening was like, oh, like they're, they're doing something a little different here that I heard a lot of punk from this era. Like they're actually focusing on a lot of different elements in their music and really kind like 
they're so in their music here that it's like if you could just like explore them from that perspective you can enjoy it i feel like if you're a punk fan um mm-hmm. and like i think that like their composition even though like the singing and stuff like and some of the lyrics are fine like so, like i like that beer chugging song or whatever and shit and like i don't know there's like some fun shit that's just super punk and like like it has a like, 90s punk feel to it and you're just like fuck yeah dude like yeah, these days. yeah. If, um, if you don't take it too seriously i mean no no effects are absolutely your shit like period yeah and like for me like i like a lot of stuff and i still vibe with it and like i think what i like most about it is like their energy when they were a little more young and like excited to be doing this and like i have a feeling from what it sounds like they're just too caught up in their own shit now because they're like getting older and stuff that they're not thinking about like what's fucking fun to do anymore because like i don't think that they have that same perspective and you see that a lot with like a lot of acts that have been around for a while like their music just doesn't hold that same flavor of like excitement and energy and has nothing to do with aging like i'm not some fucking weird like ageist all of a sudden here or anything like you know um i'm just saying that like uh when you're younger and you're newer to a scene your excitement about making music shows and your music that you write because you're just like it's just you eat sleep breathe and live it and it's not you don't expect the luxury of being able to do this long term you kind of are just like i might if i got this limelight i might not have it for that long i might as well do what i can with it i'm really excited to be here and then like i feel like some people get caught up in like where they've had it for too long they just kind of expect it and it can like fuck up your whole flow with like creating and stuff and like i mean you 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 become a different person. Well, you know? yeah, it's hard. Like when it, it's when hard it, for fame it, and money like, and like success to not change you. Like, look at Drake. Right. Well, you know what I, I mean, mean, like the man was sure. really humble <laughs> and started from very <laughs> modest beginnings of being on a child television show to, you know, making it in the rap game, like uh, in like the really tough streets of Toronto. And it's more than success and money when you. S- when you start out, I'm so stop talking about Drake for the love of God. Um, I uh, it's different than just like money and success. It's more like when they first started writing songs, they didn't really know how to do it. Like they didn't know how to fucking do it, and so you do weird shit. Yeah. Like F- Fat Mike in 2021 would never write a song like linoleum because he would get in his head too much and be like, this song doesn't have a chorus. It's barely even a fucking song. Which is funny because um, actually on that album, there's the, there's that, a uh, linoleum one with Avenged sevenfold of all guest right. features, which I like Avenged sevenfold, but I just listened to it and went, why? <laughs> <laughs> and linoleum's pretty good, but it's not, linoleum and and even admits that it's not really it's just kind of like like here's how i would write this song today and it's not really as effective yeah. uh as it is you know sometimes you pull it you know there's something about new blood there's something about doing something you don't really know how to do which means you're going to be creative in ways that people who do know how to do the thing already are just not going to do because they will be like, oh, that's not elegant for this reason or this way would be more effective or whatever. And sometimes you're right about that as a songwriter. And a lot of times you're fucking not. And I will give single album this much, even though I fucking hate its existence. 
Um, <laughs> instrumentally, it is absolutely a different NoFX record for the vast majority sure. of it. But the problem is all the experiments they do are absolutely shit. And when they <laughs> basically try to do like, like the, hey, we're an old hard hardcore punk band and we can still do the hardcore punk shit, it just kind of comes off half-assed. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah, I mean So let's kinda, talk about you know, it. How many well, slots? really fast too on on that, like I feel like the fact that they yeah. have more resource and funding to do what they want to do, sometimes like when you have a whole room, it's really easy to be overwhelmed by how much opportunity you have to be creative, especially for something that's supposed to be more minimalistic and more kind of like uh simple and to the point. Like I feel like it's pretty easy to accidentally go a little too extravagant. Without hearing this album, I will say that like the fact that they had little to go on and they just had to kind of work with what they had. It's like ma- having like being out in a back like yard in like the woods and like getting a stick and playing with that as opposed to like having like a humongous playground where it's like there's just so much shit you can do. But like for some reason, those kids with the stick in the backyard hitting each other on the head are having the time of their fucking life. You know what I mean? Like, and the guys yeah. in the big, I mean, you know, it's just like they might. I think like part of what made them work was the when they were more humble and more kind of like rudimentary and more punk rock, whereas now they're just rich old punk rockers trying to make more albums. Sure. Like thinking maybe you guys should just go off of what you already have, you know? Like yeah. not everybody has to be in that boat, but some people should. Big big artists and famous creative people will tell you that creativity comes from what you can't do more than what you can do. If you can just put anything on the record, then you don't need to be creative because you don't need to work around limitations. Like you need to be limited in order to be creative. Like that's what makes it creative. Yeah. Um, Big time. I I, I agree with that. So. All right. Yeah. Let's go to the slaps. Slap it again. It's mine first. I'll go first. Uh, We don't do half stars. Uh, I think no effects is a four four slaps for me and and I'll uh say why three just seems a little low single album is problematic, but it's album twelve uh where for the most part, I really liked uh what was going on uh throughout the records, and I found uh listening through it was uh really enjoyable um again for me it's based on personal preference four is great but not amazing, and that's about where I felt uh no effects landed for me throughout the week um sort of early on when they were having real trouble on s and m airlines I was like this is maybe like a two or a three uh but uh you know late once you get through white trash and punk and drublick and heard they suck live and heavy petting zoo and stuff it's like yeah the tone of this is really like fucking burnout like loser stuff you know um but the juvenility to it for me was fun and i thought the parts were really cool and i really really loved their mix of styles personally i thought was really good and mixed with some some really good melody writing so uh four slaps for me for uh for no effects um yeah i mean for me like um i enjoyed it too i just um if i could do a 3.5 i would um i'm buried middle ground (laughs) i don't quite feel like it's a four because like four is like Mm -hmm. pretty damn good like and it was good um 
it's just like I I just like there's just like quite a few in there that I was just like as a whole this band is just gonna have to maybe slide down to a three. Um, there's definitely some really good stuff in there, but like if you like, I also I think I gave Drake a three, right? Like if I had to pick between Drake and No Effects, I would. Like with their jams on both sides, it's like I would be able to vibe out to either one of these with their jams. Like, but they're not so good stuff. It's just to me not that good. Like to the point where it's just like, eh, it's not horrible. I could listen to both of these, uh, and I know they're very polar mm-hmm. opposite. I agree with that. But as far as like my enjoyment goes, like it's about the same level. Like, um, yeah, especially coming out of like Aretha and like setting that bar for a five that high. Like, it's just mm. tough for me to give it, like, a four even, like, for Drake or for No Effects yeah. for me. So uh, I'm just going to go with another three this week, I think. It was definitely fun, though. Okay. Um, Shout-outs to No Effects. Great job, guys. I will, I will probably go with a three as well. Um, I, I like that in consensus. Like, if we did half stars, I think we would just go with a three and a half. Um, but for me... I would definitely round it down because the low points did irk me quite a bit, not just on a lyrical level, but sometimes on instrumentally, they either got a little bit too samey samey, especially on their later records, or it just wasn't really hitting me as hard Mm -hmm. as I wish it did. But I mean, there is a reason why no effects is a big name in the punk scene. They are very highly influential for obvious reasons. And I do think they're high high points are absolute essentials to 90s punk and even just punk as a whole. And you can still hear that influence today throughout plenty of bands. But um, mm-hmm. overall, um, No Effects, I feel like as a band, I will probably come back to on occasion. But I think some of their uh, their contemporaries that have taken influence from No Effects, such as Rise Against and Sum 41 and Streetlight Manifesto, I've kind of found to enjoy a bit more than no effects themselves. Um, but that's just kind of my thing. So no effects, a three out of five. They're decent. That gives them a total of 10 here on the rock of shame podcast, which is pretty good. I mean, it's one more than Gojira got. It's one more than, uh, meatloaf got, uh, it's, uh, one more than chemical brothers got Ten's pretty good. Uh, mid range. They number. hit the double uh, digit there for, solid yeah yeah pretty solid uh and i think that's generally where we all fell on it was like yeah they're pretty good mm-hmm. uh, but it's pretty good uh <laughs> you know uh so uh greg it's your week for you to select somebody new and i have a couple of ideas um in terms of wait, pop music I was... wait uh we gotta get k-bart's k-bart was kind enough to oh. be engaging throughout the Twitch chat, uh, live stream of this podcast, so we're going to give a shout-out to K-Bart. And um, so K-Bart said, I listened to No Effects Shuffle for about six hours. The songs were interesting and bringing up political topics that, ma- that mainstream bands would rarely touch. Plus, they have the grade school humor in other tracks. They need to read the room before making jokes on stage like in Vegas. I lived there during that time. Music is okay, and I will give them free slaps. And also uh, was amused at the fact that I brought up drake when talking about people starting from humble beginnings <laughs> Anyways, um, yeah kmart was actually in the uh, discord too and said stop talking about drake 
Bryce quote blackface emoji. And also, I hope Greg will live and find a cough drop. <laughs> I'm trying. <laughs> um, for artists that I was debating on, I was thinking maybe doing maybe an R&B dude, but like from the early 2000s, because I know how popular they were during that time. And I see that uh, Drew is giving me the no. <laughs> no, T-Pain? Uh, no, actually, he would be disqualified for me, unfortunately. Fuck! I know. He would actually have been a great episode. I would have loved it. I love T-Pain as a person. He's oh, as a personality, T-Pain, awesome. I would love to meet the dude. Such a wholesome person. Have you seen his Twitch stream? He has a Twitch stream. Yeah. No, he is and a he does his own intro. He does his own intro music like live every time he starts up. He just belts it and just like like does like live, and he'll like shout out his chat in singing and stuff and improvise and like has like a whole backing track and he just belts it and shit. Oh, he's so cool. His interview with Hot Ones is like one of the best episodes I've ever seen. It is fan fucking tastic. Um, he's just a fucking renaissance man. Like he came out of the whole fucking getting shit for autotune and whatever and all the rappers calling him whack for it and they all stole it from him yeah uh to just being like yo i'm just doing my own thing here like and singing occasionally on stuff and still making his money there but like he's just like found his own lane he just plays video games and sings and yeah just does a bunch of fun shit because he has like that early 2000s money yeah. yo i'm fucking happy as yeah. shit for that man he's such a good person yeah, he just seems like a real so wholesome he seems like a real genuine dude i'd love to meet him at some point for sure the artist i was thinking in particular because he had one of the biggest albums of the 2000s and had a shit ton of hits from said album confessions was usher does that qualify for you i mean yeah i qualify i mean i I wasn't like a big usher guy (laughs) i wasn't really either but I figured it'd be kind of interesting because the dude clearly has a legacy. I mean, he has one of the best-selling... Does he? He does. <laughs> he does, motherfucker. He had one of the biggest-selling albums of the 2000s. And, like, you couldn't escape him for that what? decade. And then all of a sudden, in the 2010s... You could escape just... him in a few years. No, in the 2010s... <laughs> yeah, in, like, the 2010s, he fucking dipped. Like, like he still has <laughs> albums and shit, but I'm just like... What the fuck happened? Like Not the dude, really, though he kind of he has like an album every few years in the late two thousands. Yeah, he's he... got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven albums, and one's a live album. So ten albums, really. Yeah, I mean the dude's been around for a while. He clearly had his mark and his name stay, but like once the twenty tens happened. For some reason, like, he just fucking dropped off the radar, and I don't know what the fuck he's been up to. So I thought... He he qualifies... It sounded like you had multiple ideas. I'd like to hear the other options. I would also love to hear some other options as well. (laughs) I can tell you would not be interested in that. Um, Uh, No, I'm fine. Like, I'll do anything. I'll do anything, but if you came with multiple ideas, let's hear them, you know? Well, the other one, sort of in the same lane, would be Neo, but I'm sure probably no one would give a shit about that. Um, <laughs> yeah, he's like less relevant he, he, than Usher, hey, which is saying a lot. The, la- bro, the last song bro. I heard from the last song I heard from Neo had a GCJ feature, which was okay, but the beat for some reason had a weird like baby coo at some point, like and repeating throughout the beat, and I'm like, I'm I'm done here. Um, yeah, I love Keanu Reeves. <laughs> Um, 
Goddamn. <laughs> 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 Fuck you. Um, I just came for them coughs. I came for uh, them coughs. I know. Um, the other idea I had would have been... I like the 2000s R&B artist type thing. What about like a John Legend? Disqualified for me. That's the only reason okay. that I didn't bring him up. Because he would have been the obvious go-to. But, um, right. yeah, no, I, I know John Legend stuff too much. Um, the other one I could think of, although I don't know how active he actually was, is Mario. Um, mm-hmm. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> well, another one that would be kind of obvious from there would be Bruno Mars, but uh, we certainly wouldn't want to do that before Silk Sonic comes out. He hasn't been out that yeah. long. Also would sure. be disqualified for me. So, <laughs> well, there you go. Yeah. Um, the only other one I can think of. Seal. What about Seal? <laughs> That's a- more 80s. Actually. <laughs> <Or maybe>. um, <coughs> Seal <coughs> would be kind of. Would be <coughs> fucking goddamn. Would be kind of interesting. Seal would be a cool idea. It's not the era you were looking for. No. For what it's worth. No. He, what about your thoughts on, like, an, a genre we have not touched on yet? Uh, define which genre. Really, yeah, we haven't really done an R&B yet. R&B guy yet. I mean, like not, like, later or... R&B, but, like, you know, like, country? Aretha's kind of R&B. <laughs> you want to do a country boy? I mean, we haven't done it yet. You know? All right. Well, All right. I can think of. Let me look up this artist super. We could quick. go tasteful first. You know, we could go like. Have you guys done a deep dive on Merle Haggard? Um, no, I no. I can't. And he passed away only a couple on years ago. I can't say I have actually, but um. We could do Merle. We could do Willie. We could like Willie Nelson. Maybe? That is we way too do... massive of a fucking discography. To digest in a week. Willie Nelson? Oh, yeah. The dude's been around since... Greg, I'm worried about you. I want you to take a minute, okay? Greg, go get yourself. some water. Go get some water. <laughs> the pro- we'll talk the about problem is, water. if I breathe, it ends up making me cough. So that's... I... Go get water! Go get water! No. <laughs> I think I found an artist that would be slightly interesting to do, because he's he's a slightly bigger name in, like, the outlaw country scene. Um, mm-hmm. Hank Williams the third. Oh gosh, Hank Williams the third. I've heard some <laughs> fucked up shit about that dude, man. I don't know any actual <laughs> stories about him. I just remember seeing his name like all over when I was trying to research Outlaw Country back in college. I never mm-hmm. listened to any of his stuff. I know that he had a side project called Ass Jack, which I think would be interesting to sort of uh check out that record. But he actually has like uh let's see. He has some records from, like, back in the 90s, too. It looks like one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Uh, I guess it's actually it's actually Hank Jr. that had problems, but Hank the Third. Um, like, I know that Hank... He's, will- a, he's a very devout Republican, let's just say. Oh, he is. Um, Hank the Second, like, Hank Jr. said... Uh, like compared Obama to Hitler, I guess. Oh God! And <laughs> Hank the Third defended all that. I mean, um, I think that I think that anyone in the in the country's genre, we might uh, come across some pub- problematic political opinions. Yeah. Uh, but 
The other um, option would be, you know, there's a there's a lot of those sort of early outlaw country guys. Billy Joe Shaver is, uh, you know, a big outlaw original outlaw country guy. Um, uh, and a, Smith, another country you know, artist guys. or country band I can think of is like Charlie Daniels. Charlie Daniels man. Yes, my, uh, my dad actually from... uh, opened for them for a bit. Uh, yeah, dope. Yeah, I can't remember what band he was in, but yeah, that was a long time ago. But yeah, I mean Charlie um, Daniels band. I mean, obviously Devil Went Down Georgia. He was looking for a soul steel. Blah, 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 blah. But right, like right, for right. like a southern rock country rock band, like they clearly made an impact. Charlie Daniels himself is a very odd character who also has some problematic <laughs> shit. I remember that. But in sure. terms of music, probably worse than the probably worse than Hank the Third, to be honest. Oh boy, that'd be an interesting conversation. Drew, um, Drew, uh, since you are maybe the most familiar with this genre, having been raised in uh, Heartland, America, uh, can you, uh, uh, which one of these sounds most enticing to you? Um, they all have a bit of a uh, vibe. <laughs> um, you're not wrong. What about Dolly? I mean, you're probably, you're from Nashville, you're probably too into Dolly, right? Oh, Dolly's an angel. <laughs> Dolly Parton is actually a wonderful lady. Like, sure, but will will it? W are you disqualified on Dolly? No, I'm not. We could definitely do that lovely woman hmm. if we want. I don't to. think Dolly's a terrible idea. Not a bad idea Parton. at all. Greg, how do you feel about Dolly? For everything Parton? I've heard of her, though, it's just like her voice is so high and like kind of irritating to my ears. <laughs> well, so then I don't know we if can I could... discover that. Um, Dolly Parton would qualify for me. I haven't actually listened to, I mean, I'm sure I've heard a few of her songs, but I can't think of any off the top. You've probably, you've probably heard Jolene. Oh, that would be yeah. maybe the most notable one. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's just like, for, for me, like, Merle has a fucking fat-ass catalog for sh Oh my god. <laughs> Merle Haggard's catalog is literally like, look at this. I'm going from the bottom up. Yeah, Willie Nelson's would have been the exact same. <laughs> Willie Nelson's been around since, like, fucking 60s, and he's still fucking recording. <laughs> I'm sure Dolly's catalog is just as big, you know? Like, any of these, like, big singers who were big during that yeah. time in music, like, there's just gonna I think, be a lot I think Merle Haggard might be the play, because he's passed away recently, and a lot of people in, like, rock and um, southern rock and stuff... Um, really tip their hat to Merle. Like, do you know the song Mama Tried? Okay. That's a pretty covered song. That's yes. Merle Haggard. Um, so he's got some good songwriting. Mm -hmm. And it's like, as far as like good old style country music goes, like I think that would be a good one to dive into because like that style of writing was like, um, like I feel like a lot of Southern songwriters do this where they try and say as much as they can with very little. And, like, the epitome of that is, right. like, really old country music. And, like, you hear it in, like, southern rap. You hear it in southern, like, country music now somewhat. Although, honestly, commercial pop country is fucking dog shit. <laughs> um, but, like, you also hear it in southern rock now, too. Like, I mean, I would say, like, I think a lot of influence goes into, like, Tedeschi Trucks Band. And, like, I think the Allman Brothers probably picked up a fucking couple tricks from Merle and stuff. like. 
probably Leonard Skinner as well. Like a lot of these other artists that are like Southern rock influence probably picked up some stuff from like Merle and uh, sure. uh, Willie Nelson and Hank, like a senior and stuff. So I don't know, I think Merle Haggard might not be a bad idea if you guys wouldn't resist that option. Is that cool with your pick for the week, Greg? I'm also down for Merle Haggard. We'll do him for my selection of the episode. Okay. All right. Yeah, I'm down with Merle Haggard. He qualifies for me for sure. Shit, yeah. All right, let's Absolutely. Do I'm just worried. I'm worried about. I'm worried about my friend. I'll survive. I'm just being a dumb dumb, not having water right next to me, and could have refilled during some of the conversation. <laughs> but sure, sure. We only mentioned uh, it. Several I think times. Merle Haggard's a. <laughs> Merle Haggard's uh-huh. a cool choice, <laughs> uh, and and it will uh, give us an opportunity to explore country music on the show. Uh, Drew, 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 give us, uh, give us a country uh, the word country music in a deep southern accent, please. Do you want to just do the wiki read for uh, Merle in a country accent? No, because I'm gonna do it next week. Just, I just want to hear a sweet country music. In a country accent. I can't do one on the spot like that, dude. That's bullshit. You totally can, and you have before. Sweet country music. (laughs) 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 That's good. That's good enough for me. (laughs) Good for you. I thought that was pretty good. Uh, You okay? Next next week you got to do the whole show. I thought I thought Merle Haggard wasn't that bad, to be honest with you. Like honestly, I thought only Aretha would get my five out of five slaps for a while. But honestly, like y'all, like when I really got into it, like Merle Haggard really, really isn't like another five out of five for me. Like I really like what he talked about, talking about losing his wife and like his truck and his and his dog. Man, that that shit really spoke to me. Like, it, that was church right there, brother. You feel me? Stop. You're 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 spoiling the show next week. Okay. <laughs> Thanks for joining us on this wonderful adventure. We'll be back next week with Volume Eleven, Merle Haggard. Please subscribe to the show. Tell your friends. Share it around. Music is better with friends, as we always say on this show. But for now, and until then, your favorite band is out there. Go and find them.